0: Hi everyone, I'm Dan Duva, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D-Hotel. Back in Vegas, after a heap load of road games, 22 now for the VGK to lead the league, and we've got tales from the road, hockey and otherwise. From Paul Stastny's return and a big win in overtime at Madison Square Garden, to the Lawman on Mulberry Street. All the good and the bad from the 2-1-1 one, one trip. Plus the latest on the Knights roster with Brandon Peary up from Chicago and Max Pacioretty sidelined. Notes on the World Junior Championships, Seattle expansion, and more in the mailbag. It's a holiday edition of SLGND. The Sheriff, Lawless, and Some Guy Named Dave podcast presented by the D-Hotel. And now,
1: here's Dave. Oh, good job as always, Dan Duva. That's my favorite part of the whole podcast. Remember the old days of here's John, not that I'm Johnny Carson. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I miss him. Well, are you, are you and I miss Ed McMahon. I Ed McMahon. McMahon yeah. yep, there you go. Publishers clearing is next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. Young America, sir. Yes. <laughs> so I am some guy named Dave. Dave Gosher No, Shane Knighty. The sheriff's got a couple things going on, so we're trying to fill his sizable shoes here today. But joined by Gary Lawless and Dan Duva, the sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave, minus the sheriff. Here from uh, our corner booth, uh, the D Hotel and Andiamo Restaurant, the great uh, restaurant here at the D, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights. In the Christmas season, as we sit here, Santa just five nights away from uh, making his uh, trips around the world. But uh, for the Golden Knights, speaking of trips, they've been, it seems like, all over the world. Not all over the world, but all over a good chunk of North America anyways. The first half of this season, and now uh, the Golden Knights just recently finishing up a lengthy road trip. The team spent six days in New York and then a stop in Columbus on the way back. So uh, let's kind of get into this, guys. The the team has played a ton of road games. They've played more road games than any team in the NHL, which bodes well for a team that is as good as they are uh, on the road. But as you looked at it, Lawman, so they go two, one, and one on the road trip. What was your kind of your biggest takeaway? What did you make of those four games on the road?
2: Well, I didn't love them in Brooklyn. And the Friday night game in New Jersey was an abject disaster. I thought the game against the Rangers might have been one of their best of the year. And then they looked just flat out tired against, uh, against Columbus. It wasn't a bad first. And, uh, and really to be tied 0-0 after. I said this on the radio to Dan. I said, the longer this stays tied... You know, of course, if they score and get ahead, the better, great. But the longer it stays tied, you know, this is okay for them. And really, I thought, if they get to overtime and they pick up six of a possible eight points, God bless you, right? It's a good trip. Um, They got five of eight as it was. They had a terrible shift to start that third. And then they came alive. And so what did I take away? Inconsistency is still plaguing this team. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right, Gary. And, and I, I think that on the positive side, you saw some guys come off the bench whether it's Oscar Lindbergh, but it's been before the road trip that he did that. But, uh, you know, John Merrill was was good coming off the bench, and then Malcolm Subban. That, that, to me, his performance, to have it at 0-0 against Columbus, that's, to me, a story as much as anything else. But the, the spurts, you know, that was the word Gerard Gallant used, Dave, spurts where things were going well, but spurts when things were not going well, like the opening shift of the third period in Columbus. There were a lot of things that clicked against the Rangers, and if not for Henrik Lundqvist, there could have been a lot more goals in that game. And then the last part of it for me will be the injuries, and that is the the looming question about Max Pacioretty. You think about Alex Tuck, Paul Stastny, and Max Pacioretty. Boy, that sounds like a great line to watch. They've throw, played throw, one game together. Throw Eric Hall in Oh, next, sure, right. right. And 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 you just think about, okay, with Stastny getting healthy, I mean, with with all respect, to Eric howley he's been out for a while now. Yeah. Stastny finally comes back for the road trip. Stastny returns against the Devils. Managed to win that. Uh, they managed to get a point in that game, even though they had a lead. They they gave up the lead. Still got a point. But then Patcheri was out for that game, so Patcheri comes back. They play against the Rangers. Tuck and Stastny combined for the overtime goal. And then Pacioretty is hurt against Columbus. And it's amazing that the second line has not been whole with four different components for more than a game or two.
1: You almost wonder, like, it's just not meant to be for these guys. You know what I mean? Like, they can't get all of them healthy at the same time. The other thing I took out of it, guys, and I, I agree with you, Gary, the, the game against the Islanders, I thought, thought Robin Lanner struggled. I didn't like two of the goals that they scored, including right. the game winner, where um, maybe it was he and Hickey, I think, kind of got their signals crossed, And but he didn't do much with the initial shot on that, just kind of left the rebound there. Um, the game against the Devils, when they were up 3-0 and 4-1, you had a terrible feeling. Yeah, t- and I said, I said to Shane, I yeah. said... And I don't know if it was on the air. I, I certainly was on the air after they tied it. I said, "Well, we had an uneasy feeling for a while. You had a feeling that this might happen." The thing that concerned me in the Devils' game was the Golden Knights took a penalty late in regulation, and I thought to myself, "They might. This might be a loss in regular. They might get nothing out yeah, of this." Derek England, yeah, Derek England. Derek England's yeah, penalty. Yeah. They managed to kill it to their credit. Yeah. Got a point, but then, you know, the thing that I thought about, and you hear a lot of coaches say this: most nights, not every night. Most nights teams get what they deserve, right? I mean, that's not always the case. Yeah, but it, I kind of felt that that Devils game, and it's, and you, you feel like you come you came away with nothing the way they lost, but that point could be big down the road. But I thought well, you know what they they were kind of fortunate to get a point despite leading by three goals.
2: And I us. actually thought they deserved a point against Columbus. Yeah, right. You right, know, I, mean? I thought right. they were good enough to get something against Columbus. So it uh, all adds up. So it all adds wash, up. Right? But I will right. tell you yeah. this: like without Corey Schneider really struggling in that game. They do lose in regulation. Jersey was better from top to bottom. With Taylor Hall sitting... Five feet below Dan and I up in the press box. Right. The reigning heart trophy winner in the National Hockey League. So it could have been worse. And, uh, you know, I think a couple of things, uh, you know, they'd won eight of 10 going into that game or nine of 11, something like that. Nine of 11, right? Yep. After the, after the, mm-hmm. so, you know, bad habits creep in when you're winning that often. Um, they haven't practiced. Uh, the, the, you know, what did Naidi say this morning? 42 of 75 nights so far in this season have been on the road. I don't care who you are. I get tired. And I'm not uh, obviously I'm not playing. I'm not going through like it becomes psychological warfare. That trip he gave them a bunch of time off. We we got we woke up in Columbus on the Monday morning. I was bagged. Oh yeah. And so I'm thinking yeah. what are those guys like? You know they've been really you know and psychologically when you're not because because you go to practice they had, they so they they came back Monday night Tuesday complete day off practiced today which is Wednesday it felt like the first day of training camp in the locker room this morning we got in there out like they had a great crisp practice Everyone's was in a good mood Everybody was happy fun it th- that psychological the malaise the fog that kind of hangs over a group while they're on the road was gone. And now, uh, I think, you know, we'll find out a lot about them in the next 10 weeks where they only play 10 road games. Two, they've got uh, two road games left in December. Then they play, I think, three in January. Right. Yeah. And then five in February. They are home an awful
0: lot over
2: the next uh, the next month,
0: two months and a half. And I'll, I'll just add on that, Gary, in, in a way that You felt that game against the Devils was, ooh, this – I wonder – a 3 nothing lead, if this is a good thing. I wonder also sometimes, like right now, home games sound great because of how often they've been on the road, but you also think about having too many home games because the return home from the road is often that psychological boost. But when you're home for a long stretch, then you start to slip into that malaise. Even, you know, it's kind of what's the, the, the impetus? What kicks you in the rear end? And like, just for an example, the Devils the other day, you know they wanted to win a game for Corey Schneider. You know that they blew it. He gave up three goals, and then they switch in Keith Kincaid. And you know that that devil's room wanted to do something, because they were unhappy that they hadn't gotten a win for Corey Schneider. So there, there's just like little things, whether yeah. it's over the course of a game, over the course of a week or two, a road trip, a season, that kind of kick you in the rear end. And you just wonder what those things are. Obviously, right now, coming home is going to be one of them.
2: Now, I forgot to say, my true highlight of the trip to New York. Yeah. We're going to take you a little, we'll take you behind the scenes for a second here. Oh. All right. So we're in New York city. And when we're in New York city, Dan Duva is a ghost. <laughs> he, sh- he shows up for work and then he
1: disappears. He just Thinner. into the
2: Gone. ether. Gone. But he did show up for one moment. Um, after one of the games, he didn't have uh you know,
1: Entourage Plans with, with
2: his grade three teacher and his,
1: posse. and his
2: his piano teacher, who he hasn't seen since, you know, 85. Somebody
1: but, from Syracuse came yeah, over. Yeah, someone from Syracuse.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, well, he well, you blessed a baby on this yeah, trip. Yeah, had a All right. he he Became a godfather. a yes. right? No ring, one is kissing right. the ring. Uh, so he joins us for a great pizza at mm-hmm. Aries, yes. yeah. which was... You're you're the New Yorker. Oh, well, it's not New York pizza. Me. The
0: pizza was good. It but the was the not New York was, style. Whatever. pizza. Whatever, it was yeah. legit. Very good.
2: Yeah. 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 But the best part of it all was. Yeah. Uh, so go, Duva did. He was you know he was at a play with his mother and father. I think. lot
1: <laughs> he's 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 a culture for Dan. Come on this from trip.
2: away, if I'm not uh, incorrect. Yeah, that's uh, on Broadway, great uh, show. Yes, Highly great recommend. Show. Yes. Uh-huh. While he was there, Nighty had. Uh, yeah, he had, he had a, a buddy in town. He had a buddy in town. Yeah. So he was so kosher and lawless, decided to have a romantic dinner for two.
1: <laughs> Think about that for a second.
2: <laughs> so I actually wanted to go to Greenwich Village and just sort of walk around and find a place. But Dave had his heart set yeah. on Mulberry Street, Little Italy. Love so it. great. Now, again, Dan's actually from New Jersey, but literally just right across the river. right? Okay. Uh, from the Jersey side, has uh, Mr. Springsteen would say, "That's right." And so he knows New York cuisine like very well. So he, so we, like we're stumbling around, and it's there's a light mist. It's a great night, and there's all these
0: restaurants, and we're like, "Where do you go? Somewhere and north of Hester and south of Grant."
2: <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to go to the wrong place. Right. So we're kind of like, "Well, let's text Duva," and so we did, and. uh we're waiting for the reply, and we're getting a little damper. And finally, well, the heck will do it? He's not. He's too busy with his new, his old friends to worry about his new friends he was in a theater on Broadway. He doesn't so, care about us. So he doesn't care about us. So Dave says there's a place called Danico. He goes, "Let's go there," and I'm like, "If you haven't noticed that." Uh, I'm not overly fussy, but what do you pay for.
0: <laughs> Gary's the big man on Mulberry Street, <laughs> literally.
2: So I'm like, okay, let's go. Well, we walk in, and right away, I'm like, really? We're in New York City. There isn't a painting on the wall.
1: He was all words. There's no it, pictures. It, it, oh, no. it does not look
2: like a high end joint, and it's not. But the my, one of the best meals I've ever had in my in my time. In pro- covering covering sport and that's you know we're getting close to it was 23 we're getting close to 30 years since mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. someone's been paying me to mm-hmm. to write or talk to about, to games. Uh, about sport yeah to go yeah. to games exactly yeah, right. what yeah. a blessing that is oh, think yeah. about that <laughs> for a second so, just a
1: quick uh, i'll tell you that in a so second so they go throw
2: ahead. us upstairs and again at, the bread they brought i wasn't impressed with here we go the wine list was just okay there was a rufino uh, a nice chianti that you know that it's a... it, it, just, it, it it's a stable, you know, but you'd like you're in New York City. You don't get there very often. You'd like to have something, but anyway. So I'm like, okay, we'll take that. It fit into Gosher's budget, and which is I had a Groupon group coupon by the that, way. Thank that's you. a key factor when selecting uh, beverages. Um, so then we're sitting there, and we're waiting, and we're we're gonna look at the menu. Then the text comes in from Duva. It says Danico. So now we know we're in the right we're place. We're already there. We picked the place. We're in yeah. the right place. And then I ordered this, uh, this uh, seafood linguine which was uh,
1: it could have fed a family of 8 it was unbelievable <laughs> how big it was there was a lobster tail in there two claws gary was very nice to so, share i gave so, him a very small piece of my a, deal
2: if you know gosher he is a, an only child and therefore refuses oh, to share OCS. dan and i we order food and we'll like slice it down the middle you have this i'll have that so we we order as a team Dave is a one-man band. I'm not doing that. But he sees, but Dave likes lobster better than anything else. He sees the lobster on my plate, and he says, do you want some veal? Do you like a very small piece of my veal? who's this alien dressed up as gosher offering me some of his food? So then I'm like, well, I guess so. Would you like some lobster? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, I'll take that claw. (laughs) (laughs) Not the tail, the claw.
0: And of course, it was uh, really good. Really, I, I'm really getting good. photographs of this meal while I'm sitting in the theater on oh, 52nd yeah. Street. By the way, I just checked 16 minutes between your text and my response. Is that what it was? So it's not like okay. an hour. Like it All was right. not that long, long of a delay. Uh, okay. Fine. Like we were picking up our tickets to right. go into the theater. Busy. We had like, just gone on. to a restaurant in Midtown Manhattan. Mm-hmm. My parents and I it was very good. Yeah. Fig and olive. There's a few of them, but this right. one was was okay. good. Yeah, we had, a, we had a great time. So the yeah. uh, the dining in New York is, is hard to beat. But I got to tell you, for, for me, my favorite meal was. Going back home to Jersey. And just Mom and I went to a restaurant on Ocean Ave in Belmar, La Dolce Vita. And we had seen uh, my little cousins. The good life. That's right. Reese and Chase, twin girls, turned 14 years old. We had gone to see them. And then uh, it was their birthday, so we, we I had to drop off some gifts. And then uh, Mom and I went over and had dinner. We had, a, we had a great time. So, yes, a very nice time in New York. It was awesome. Congratulations to, uh, to Bruce Buckley, who is... Uh, my godchild, now. Yes. my buddy David and Bruce. his wife what Julia, their second kid dressed up as Bruce Springsteen for Christmas or for uh, for Halloween, uh, and older brother Frank dressed up as Frank Sinatra. So you know it's a if, Jersey family. If
1: if the sheriff was here, the Springsteen mentions he'd be slamming his forehead oh, yeah. off the table <laughs> right well, now. But, but so so thankfully he's not here.
2: So uh, so well go. Uh, Nighty and I had a uh, romantic afternoon as well on Saturday. Oh, that's right. Dave had a family party, and you were uh, blessing a child. So uh, we went out, and then we walked by. We're on 7th, I guess, and uh, what's the theater called?
1: Where Springsteen was, yeah. Walter, so Walter, Kurth Kurth the Walter Kurt. Yeah. So we
2: walk by the Walter Kurt. It's the last performance. Oh, the Saturday yes. show. Yeah. So I walk up to the box office. I go, any singles? Have you heard With of Shane. Gary
0: Lawless? Shane
2: doesn't, <laughs> doesn't want to go. And uh, real quickly, the guy's like, no. Um, and I'm like, okay. But then I called somebody, and they said, let me get back to you. And they said. Go on StumpHub. There's 20 tickets available right now. So I went on and one a, a single as 1900 bucks. Oh, my goodness. So I phoned the missus and said, <laughs> have you bought me anything for Christmas? That was your
1: first mistake.
2: Have you, and oh. the, have you bought me anything for Christmas? And, oh, and the guy said, don't buy now. They'll drop just before curtain. Yeah. So okay. So I said, have you bought me anything for Christmas? She's like, no. I'm like, well, what would you think about me spending... A lot of money on a ticket to go to Springsteen. And she's like, uh, oh, absolutely, go do it. I'm like, well, uh, maybe I'd spend a thousand. Kid in private school and all. (laughs) And she's like, no, spend two. Now, s- oh. smart me, I know the way my wife works. If I spend two on me, I got to spend two on
1: her. Oh, there you go. So you're in, now you're into it for four. Does she so, listen to the
2: podcast? Who is four? <laughs> so I'm like, no, no, we'll leave it at a thousand. And then it turned out we got invited to a party, which was a, included a whole bunch of great Canadian people in it. All worked out well, and the, I'm going to watch Springsteen on Netflix. There you go. It's Very
1: popular. It's on Netflix, yeah, yeah. And which is a lot cheaper. The uh, Netflix doesn't cost two uh, two grand. No, maybe for like twenty (laughs) (laughs) that's much more economical so that's good so it sounds like we all had just uh and it was great in new york too because we were in the same spot for right that's why we've got all these five or six
0: normally we're schlepping on to an airplane right after a game but when you're in the same place uh, that
1: doesn't happen very often at all no so i hate the only uh, you were saying gary about uh you get paid to go to games for a living yeah Uh, uh, a good buddy of mine i used to work with in boston used to say he wanted it on his headstone he went to games for a living It's pretty good way to put it, you know, if you when you boil it down. The other one I love is the George Carlin line. What he wanted on his headstone. I told you I was sick.
2: You and know, now I'm gone. You know what I love? His greatest bit—the seven words you can't say on TV. I know you can well, say them all on TV now. Oh yeah, you know. can say it. All bets are off, <laughs> and certainly on
1: podcast too. That's yeah, right. Not this one. But. No, no, no. Well, the sheriff lawless. Some guy named Dave. Minus the sheriff. Uh, this time around, coming to you from the D Hotel and uh, the Great On the Restaurant at the D. All right, just a couple of more uh, in this part here, Golden night Soul. I liked, I would say the only thing the other thing that jumped out to me was they did respond. The game against the Rangers. Like I said they've been able to do that. As good as they were. <laughs> right? They've been able and they've had other and we kinda showed it on the on the T V side, some other tough losses, you know, and the Calgary ones right up there came back and beat arizona 48 hours later they lose the way they did in new jersey they come back a day and a half later and beat the rangers so and i'm with you gary i still think there's a level of inconsistency not as much as the first 20 games of the year no no but it's still there and they've been able to show the ability to respond to some tough losses so now they're not quite 40 games into the season what do they need how good are they Yeah, i want to get into this uh... how how good are they right now
2: Well, I'll put it this way: I think they're, I think they're a B, and I think it's going to be, you're going to need to be an A plus to get out of the West. Uh, Winnipeg and Nashville, and I'm not, I haven't. um, Calgary, I don't know what, how good they're going to be at the end because they're so young and because their goaltending is, I'm not sure about it. And I think San Jose is, they could find their game, and become a behemoth. So I think you going to need to be an A plus to get out of the West. So that for me, that is going to be George McPhee's decision. He's going to get to the trade deadline. I think they'll be in the picture. They'll be in. The, they'll be in the picture, and he's going to have to decide: is it worth futures to bolster this? How how much can I bolster it? And now I'll tell you what: if Columbus hasn't inked Artemi Panarin to a long-term deal and they decide they want to put him on the market or Ottawa doesn't have Mark Stone on a long-term deal and they don't want to put him on the market and the opportunity is not just to have him for a run but to have an exclusive negotiating window up to July 1, well then, you know, there are going to be decisions to make. What do I think they need? I think they need more scoring. They need they need a little depth there. Now I think you know I don't. Our Panarin isn't going to play on your third line, but if your top nine forwards include William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault, O'Reilly Smith, Paul Statsny, Max Max Pacioretty, Alex Tuck, Artemi Panarin, Cody Eakin. Okay, now you got a chance. Now you got a chance to be an A plus. I also think. They need to add to their defense.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think similar, honestly, Lawman and I they need what they needed last year, which was some scoring depth on that third line. Now, what's going to comprise the third line? I mean, right now, there's kind of four different components of it. Um, you know, with Carpenter and Eakin and Lindbergh and Nosek, uh, as we sit, Brandon Peary was called up from, from Chicago today. Um, but Eakin, obviously, is, has had a real good year with 11 goals. But the, the rest of that line... Well, the components of it haven't scored a lot. Um they went out and they got Tomas Tatar last year. Um you know, we were saying Gary on one of your lawless and order segments. I think the Golden Knights only used seven defensemen, seven or eight tops last year going to the final in the playoffs. They only used I think it was seven or eight. That's rare. You know, teams go yeah. through 10, 11, 12 defensemen over a two-month grind to get to the to get to the cup final. So I think similar to what they needed last year. I'd, I'd love to see them add some depth up front, and I'd love to. I think they're going to need to add something on that back end. But Gary, raised, you know, back to Bruce, the price you pay. What are you willing to pay for that, and is it going to be worth, you know, the investment come late February?
0: And to me, it's hard to address that question now because there's so many variables. But the questions that we can pose now are. What are the conditions of Eric Hala and Max Pacioretty? Now, we got some news from George McPhee and telling Dave Shane from the Review-Journal, saying that, first of all, it was not an ACL injury. He said, quote, it's just an atypical injury for hockey, but it was obviously a knee injury. And, quote, I know it's not going to be for the next two months for sure, but after that, I don't know. In other words, you're looking at at least a couple of months, perhaps longer, for Eric Hala. Max Pacioretty placed on injured reserve on the 19th of December, retroactive to the 17th. And we're told today that there will be an update after Christmas. So he's not playing the next three games. But if you're getting that kind of an update, no update till after Christmas, then it's a week-to-week thing rather than a day-to-day thing. We were told Colin Miller is day-to-day, not as big of a thing. So when you think about those question marks, you have to have answers to those things before you can decide how to proceed. Come the deadline.
2: Now, I'm going to borrow a phrase from Kevin Shoveldayoff, who used to say, "Don't dig another hole to fill a hole." And this is where McPhee is in is in is in really good position. Six of his players are going to play in the world. His prospects are going to play in the World Juniors. Cody Glass is going to make Canada. Alvanus and Branstrom are going to make Sweden. Ronberg is going to play for, for Denmark. Morozov, sounds like he's right in the mix with the Russians. And Yuri Patera is still one of the three goalies in camp for the Czechs and has had a great camp.
0: And that's where the World Junior Championship right. is. It's
1: worth noting. In, in Vancouver.
2: In Vancouver, yeah. So, um, and then you go to Chicago to the Wolves, and this is where he's really deep. Nick Hague is on a tear. And his he has become at this moment, he is right there neck and neck with Glass and Branstrom has the best prospects that the Golden Knights best that the Golden Knights best prospect that the Golden Knights have. White Cloud, Branstrom, Coglin, and Bischoff, four other guys. On defense, that are all going to be NHL players. These are all guys going to play in the NHL. So, if you can trade so, trade a piece from your blue line, your NHL blue line, for another piece that you like better, you don't have to be afraid to do that.
1: Knowing you've got what you've got,
2: you got right, right. You, you, you you've so you've got you've got a hole. You can dig another. You can you can fill that hole, and you've got a whole bunch of topsoil still laying around to fill other holes. So that's uh, that's a really good position to be in if you're if you're George McFee.
0: And the other side of that coin, when you look at last year's deadline, were the Golden Knights going to affect the NHL roster by moves that they made? And they didn't. With Reeves and Tatar coming in, the only guy that you saw on a regular basis at the NHL level who left was Brendan Leipzig. And other than that, it was moving those prospects or moving those picks. It's, it's an interesting situation to have both of those possibilities in front of you. But then the other part of it, Gary, is among those prospects, who might be able to come up Late in the season, whether it's April or during the playoffs, assuming that they make the playoffs, that can make a a real contribution. Like for example, we saw the Rangers the other day. Chris Kreider, remember when he came up? You know, he did it with the Rangers. We didn't see that last year, but now all those guys are a year older and a year closer to maybe making a contribution at this level. I will say
2: that most of that youth is on the blue line. Yeah, I think it's harder to do. I think it's harder to bring a defenseman up than it is to bring a forward. Good
0: point. Real right? point you yeah. know
2: so um, Haig becomes really interesting because he's a man. Physically. Just his size. Physically. His skating has gone from there. He was a point where you couldn't help but notice that his body was all over the place. He's become very efficient. You don't notice that anymore. And his confidence is really growing. And all of a sudden, he's dominating games in the American League. And that's what you want. You want a guy to dominate that league and then have him come and and be ready to dominate in the NHL. Um, You want to be careful to not disrupt his development. Like, if you bring him, you're not bringing him up to sit. That's for sure. No, he's got to play, and if you bring him up and he can jump in and play right away and not get beat up and not have his confidence shrivel, great, good stuff. That's that's a decision. If I was McPhee, I wouldn't want to wait till I wouldn't want to wait till the end of February to find out. I'd want to have a look at Nick Hag in a National Hockey League game before the trade deadline.
1: You know, McPhee's talked about two guys, and his phrase: he'd rather overcook them. And but, I agree with you, Gary. Do you, do you find a window in your schedule? You know, coming out of the bye week, or the you know the bye All Star break for the Golden Knights runs together. So they've got about seven or eight days at the end of January. Do you find a window, three games, and you put him in there, and you just see how does he go? How does he make the jump? Does he look comfortable? Do you think he's could he make a contribution? Um, and if they're going to make a run, who knows if they're going to or not could you put him in the heat of a playoff game? That's a whole different deal. You know, it gets ratcheted up 20-fold yeah. once you, you get what. into the middle of April.
2: Now, this is the fun part of it working for a team. We've I've known Nick Hegg since his name was called out on the draft floor in Chicago yeah. on the Saturday morning at the top of the second round. So, you know, you get to know the guy. Yeah. I'd love to see Nick Hegg in that moment cuz I think he's yeah. got that mentality. He'd respond I I, I've, I said this a while ago. It won't surprise me if he's the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights someday. Not, I don't want to put pressure on him or, or the situation, but it's just he's that kind of guy. I think he'd take that pressure in stride. Yeah. He would. Yeah. Absolutely. George might not like me saying it.
1: <laughs> if you're listening, George, stop listening. Not the yeah. first time. <laughs> but everything you hear about the kiddies, he's 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 terrific. Like as a person, first off, and then his, you know, his his footwork is, you know, his lateral movement on the ice has improved. We see we saw. I mean, if you went to any of the rookie games, you saw his ability to score. Whew. It's been unbelievable. His ability now to defend and, and and kind of build and, and his game is into an all-around game. Time to read an ad. be awesome. Time to read an ad now, and we'll give it to you from our good friends at the Rock Creek Cattle Company. It's a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. This working cattle ranch sits on 28,000 acres of land and has a little something for everyone, including world-class golf, fly fishing, hunting uh, horseback, riding, and lots more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available now. Check it out at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. So, The goaltending situation. Um, We've kind of hit up front. They might need to add something on the back end. Maybe they add something. Maybe they go outside and do it. Or maybe it comes from within. On the goaltending front, Malcolm Subban, as we sit here on the 19th of December, still looking for his first win of the season. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was encouraged that he goes a month without playing. From the Calgary game, which I would imagine is a goaltender, that's your last frame of reference in a game, 7-2 game in Calgary in uh, middle of November. Doesn't play again until the final game of the road trip in Columbus. 28
0: days, 28 November
1: days. 19th to December 16th. 16th, right? And was really good. 17th, pardon me. Not the outcome you wanted, obviously, yeah. but was really good in that game. Um, is that something they look at and they say, we know what the numbers are. We know it's 0-5. But take, and it's hard to take the numbers out of it, but do they look at it and say, okay, second half of the year, he's somebody we can rely on.
2: Well, this is why wins and losses shouldn't be a goaltending stat. Right. Right? Because that's that loss is not on him in any oh. way, shape, or form. He was great. He made three saves on the play that resulted in a goal. <laughs> right? He made right. several saves leading up to it, and finally, you know, something got by him. No fault of his own. The Calgary game could have been worse. Oh,
0: my gosh. Yeah. Right. He was pretty yeah. good but, in that one. Yeah. yeah. If you had a yeah. list of all the, yeah. the guys up. to take blame, yeah, yeah. he was sure. way down on the list. Right. In that so,
2: game. if I'm George McPhee, two things. A, I'm really glad I have Dave Pryor on my staff because what he did to get Malcolm ready for that game would have been, you know, he, he first of all, Subban had to go out there believing in himself. And Dave would have <laughs> played, played a major role in that. Malcolm also would have needed to go out there knowing that the coach believed in him. That the GM believed in him, the whole organization believed in him, and that his teammates believed in him. So, good work on the guys in the room. But Dave Pryor played psychologist that the the, the twenty four hours before that game and got Subban into a place where. And I don't think it's any small. I think it's a major factor in that game that he gets ninety one. Who had the re, the 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 breakaway? Anthony Duclair has a breakaway on him early and Malcolm's really comfortable in those situations because it's one-on-one athleticism, me against you. It's not a puck coming from the corner or anything like that. It's just and Malcolm's, zero win. Malcolm's good at that. Yep. And I think that gave him confidence
0: and sent him on his way for the rest of the night. And I'll tell you one of the most impressive moments in my eyes for Subban the other day, no doubt Gary, I totally agree with what you just said. There was a moment and I forget which players were involved, but The Knights had the puck in their own zone, and the defenseman miscommunicated, misplayed the puck, and out of nowhere, one of the Blue Jackets got the puck and shot it. And that was one of the moments where you might get lulled to sleep. You might lose focus because it looks like your team has possession of the puck in its own zone, and he was ready and made a very good save out of nowhere. I mean, I almost missed the shot. And I'm trying to describe every play that's going on. You know how it is, Dave. Oh, yeah. And and that, to me, was as much of a sign as anything that he was focused for the game. And we know how athletic he is. We know the abilities. The issue at times has been the focus. So that, to me, cemented my assessment in agreement with Gerard Gallant's word, outstanding. I thought Subban was outstanding.
1: You know, and they're they're going to need, at some point, you know, he'll break through and and they'll get some wins while he's in there. I, I haven't. You know, Gerard Gallant said at his morning press conference today, um, and I haven't looked it up to be honest with you. He said they've scored four goals in the five games that Zubans played, and that sounds about right. But he, he played in Pittsburgh, he played in Nashville, he played in Boston, he's played in Calgary, and he's played in Columbus.
2: He gave up so they no scored. soft
1: touches in and any. He of
2: scored those. two in the Calgary game. So I mean, it's probably four. It's probably five. Right around six, there. But right around. Yeah. Well, like, they had not been, been not shut out. out all year until yeah. that game. Lack Congress. of run
1: support has yeah. been a factor yeah. too yeah. Yeah. in the games that he's played. Yeah. Um, the other, the other fellow I wanted to mention is Paul Stastny. You mentioned it earlier, Gary. So he misses thirty games, long time. Comes back, um, and I've got to imagine that. You know, Shane could tell you this all day long. You can skate, and we watched him. We've seen him at City National, heaving out, uh, out there with back, Misha yeah. Donskop. Like uh, the poor oh. guy, they, the games have to be easier than this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they have to be. It's it's tough to just watch. Yes, um, the games are a break, um, but great to see him break through and against the Rangers. First two points as member of the Golden Knights. You know how this turns out, Dan. To your point earlier, with now Patcheri on the shelf for for. Uh, you know a little bit, anyways. Um, we don't know what that line's going to look like, but to see him back there and just kind of, kind of solidify down the middle, you know, and slot guys where they should be, conscientious at both ends, one of the best in the business on faceoffs. He's so smart. Smart. His hockey IQ is through the roof. You'd love to see now. You know, knock on any wood you can find now that he's healthy what he's going to be able to contribute. Now, he's only, what's he played, five, six games? Three
0: to start the year, and and then three, six. six games all season long. Yeah, and you you think about how he's had an impact on Alex Tuck. Even though they've only played a few games together, Alex was injured the first date. So we're talking three games those two have played together in the regular season. But I asked Alex a few weeks ago about how he's learning the game in the midst of one of his hot streaks, right, when he was a point per game. And he said, you know, last year I learned a lot from James Neal, but this year I'm learning a lot from a couple of guys, and he mentioned Paul Stastny. And I'm thinking, he hasn't been playing. (laughs) How does that work? And that just goes to show, even though we don't see him on the ice, how Stastny was continuing to take the time with somebody like Alex Tuck, thinking, A, I want to help a young teammate, and B, I want to help a potential line mate. And I wonder how much of those conversations in the 30 games that Stasty missed helped them figure out what each other was thinking so that they can, A, score that goal for Pacioretty, and then B, combine for the overtime winner. I mean, that's exciting stuff when you think about... Not only this season, but what those two guys could look like going forward. Because if I'm Alex Tuck and I see Paul Stastny and a healthy Max Pacioretty as my line mates, oh my goodness, you're you're drooling.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you've got a, you know, it's funny. And and Turk mentioned this this morning, and it's, it is true. Last year, they it seemed like they had guys out, but it was one at a one at a time. Yeah, it's been two guys out, three Three, guys out. It's been that middle line. It's the second line. yeah, Yeah, that's been where they've had most of the damage this year.
2: Where's Bill Foley going to be on Friday?
1: Bill Foley's going to be on Friday, so how about this? Come check it out. Um, The owner of the Golden Knights is going to be at the Arsenal, Friday, December the 21st, 12.30 for a special VGK inaugural book signing with Golden Knights owner Bill Foley. The book chronicles the best moments of what was a fantastic historic first season for the Golden Knights. It contains some special augmented reality material as well that really brings the book to life. So Friday, this Friday, December 21st, 12.30 to 2.00, at at the Arsenal, come say hi to Bill Foley. Have a special autograph signing, and we hope to see you there, Gary. You um, you penned a good portion of this book, did you not? It's absolutely outstanding. Despite the author, it's awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was not. I'm not the author, but I did contribute a little bit to yes. it. And uh, really, our whole department did, and it yeah. was. Uh, um, I, I think it's. I bought one today. I'm going to yeah. send it to. Uh, To someone who uh, is a big Golden Knights fan, and I think they'll really appreciate it, so... Get out there and uh, and grab one. We're going to do a mailbag. What a Christmas uh, gift! <laughs> yeah, what but, about our friends from Credit One?
1: And I and Credit One as well. Our our Golden Nights podcast brought to you by Credit One Bank, Vegas born credit the Credit One Bank Vegas born credit card, the official credit card. I got to start that over because he needs this, right? Yeah, that's right. And of course, Golden Knights podcast, the Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave podcast is brought to you by Credit One Bank, Vegas born credit card, the official credit card of the Vegas Golden Knights, perfect for passionate. Fans. I, so used,
2: f- I used mine in uh, New York City. I bought Dave dinner with it. Oh no, I
1: didn't. Well, I was, <laughs> that's a lie. Well, we did <laughs> you see use it. the card. You just didn't pay for game. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, we, I have the gold one. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and Brands. we did see plenty yes. of passionate Golden Knights fans. By the way, oh, all yeah. throughout that trip. Oh my gosh, they yeah. traveled. Uh, they yeah. traveled very well. Well, time now for our mailbag here on the Sheriff Lawless Some Guy Named Dave podcast, and it's brought to you by our friends at the Finley Auto Group, Jaguar, Lincoln, Acura, and Chevy. The mailbag, Dan, the people have spoken. They've chimed in. What do they want to talk about? Lots of stuff. We appreciate
0: it. Uh, For the next one, make sure you use hashtag SLGND. That's right. We we send out the tweets, uh, and it's easy to sort through them if if you use the hashtag. And spread the word. Tell your friends.
1: That's right. But okay, look, we've got we've got a lot. <laughs> we can't answer all of them. No. We're gonna try and answer we're gonna try. some.
0: We're gonna try. So we're gonna go first to at cake q three. At cake q three asks. The shuffled third and fourth lines, with Nosick down on the fourth line, seem to add a lot of speed. Would moving Reeves to the third line with Lindbergh possibly filling in for Patch ready, make sense over a third line of Nosick, Carpenter, and Eakin. So the couple of possibilities, I suppose, there, but with Brandon Peary up from the American League, with Reeves having been scratched a couple of games ago, no sick between the third and fourth line, what is it going to look like here? Pacioretty, we know is going to be at at least a few games. Peary is up for the intervening period. It looks like he'll be there with Stastny and Tuck. How does the third and fourth line shake out?
2: I think that they, the line looks exactly the way it did two nights ago, except Peary's in for, uh, for Pacioretty. Like the first line stays the same. It'll be Statsny with Peary and Tuck. Eakin with Lindbergh and Nosik, And then the fourth line is uh, Belmar with Carrier and, uh, and Reeves. If anybody's moving up in this lineup, it's Will Carrier at some point in time. I, I think Gerard Nolant thinks he's got more to give. And if he is playing with uh, some more creative players or with some guys that can finish, because I think he
0: creates as well. And if... At Cake Q3, were here. He might respond to that and say, "Hey, Gary, if you put Tomas Nosek on the line with Belmar and Carrier, maybe that's the answer to get some more scoring chances for Carrier because that's how Carrier scored that last
1: goal." But that leaves Carpenter up. Right. That is so that Carpenter's, the, and he's he would be the odd man out. There.
2: Yeah, the third line in the last game was Eakin with Nosek and Lindbergh. and Lindbergh. Lindbergh. Yeah, Lindbergh. and I like that line. I don't. I I I move forward with them for a little bit.
1: You know, it's interesting, too, Garen. You we touched on this on on your segment, Will Carrier, right? Seven goals. Um, Healthy, productive. Leads the league in hits. Leads the league in hits. By far. And, look, I get it, and and people might want to hear this. They might not. You know, and Ryan Reeves is the first game he's been uh, sat out uh, all season the other day. Um, But – I think some of that and, and granted him and Carrier are, to, are just you know that kind of a couple of wrecking balls yeah, a couple of wrecking balls um but you know there there might be times depending on the opponent depending on the makeup of their lineup where he may be the odd man out so you know if you've got a team that's not real physical um you know do you need both Carrier and Reeves in there are you better off going with someone maybe with a little a little more skill and, and than than the physical element that Reeves brings to it? Yeah, That's an and, and, too. And,
0: and Ryan Carpenter, of course, is somebody who can do a lot of things. But um, you know, can he do as many things as say Ryan Reeves can? And then you know, you, you also wonder Brandon Peary. I mean, he's going to be in a top six role. They're not moving him down to the third no, or fourth no, line. No. What do you got next on the old mailbag, Dan? Oh, we wanted to talk about the uh, the World Junior Championships. The question comes from at. Shooting at chewing Judas LV. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a lot. Yeah Who do you guys think will be the best showing of Vegas Golden Knights prospects at the World Junior Championships?
2: The World Juniors for me is An opportunity to find out what a player is going to be in the NHL Because it's the very best of your peer group and how you play against that group those guys are probably all going on to play in the NHL. So, yeah, some guys will develop more, but kind of if you're a third-liner at the World Juniors, you're probably a third-liner in the NHL. Uh, Cody Glass is playing in the number one center role for Team Canada and has a chance to be part of their leadership group. He's going to have a big tournament. Eric Branstrom is going to be captain and the number one defenseman for Team Sweden. Yeah. He's going to have a big tournament. So I, I, I'd look at those two guys. Look, Lucas Almanus, every time you think he's... You know, he just keeps doing more, and keeps climbing, and keeps getting better. He's a guy that's come from really r- way off the radar. To you know, he's gonna probably play in the American League next year and start pushing for work in the NHL soon. Um, I don't know a ton about Ronberg. Patera is in the mix with uh, the Czechs. Morozov is interesting because they, or the Russians, never keep anyone who isn't 19. They build their team for the World Juniors, and it's all guys in there last year. He's. He's got another year. He's a, uh, he's still in the mix with them, so he must be playing very well. And I'll tell you what: if he's on the top line or the top six for the Russians, he he could be one of these guys that explodes. So wait and see. But if I had to, to bet the mortgage,
1: I'd bet it on Branstrom. Interesting too, Gary. That, and I always think it's it's too bad that the World Junior tournament in the states does not get a lot of play. No, right. Yeah. But if you're interested in watching the players that Gary just ran down, NHL Network, right? Yep. There's um, pretty much the entire tournament. Yep. So you'll have an opportunity to see Glass, Branstrom, right on down the line. And you know
0: it's a big deal because the players watch it. Because many of them right. went through it, and so those guys are exactly. watching those youngsters playing those games. Well, it's never more fun to be
2: in the dressing room when two teams are playing uh, one another and there's a Canadian and a Swede that played for their countries are in the dressing room and you see the Canadian or the Swede, you see them or the American and the Russian or Czech whatever it is, they walk over to one another and there's a little bit of whispering and a wager is set (laughs) and and it's not money, it's, you know, if the Canadians win, you got to get the juice tomorrow uh, uh, after practice. They call it Juice Boy. Uh, if the Americans win, you know you gotta you gotta pick up the pucks or whatever it is. But they all support their countries, and it's a really fun time of the year.
1: A couple more questions on the mailbag before that, though. Dan, quick reminder for you. the holidays: uh, we're in the holiday season, Christmas right around the corner. Uh, a terrific gift: uh, the Golden Knights book, the coffee table book that Gary was a big part of, and the communication staff uh, of the inaugural season of the Golden Knights, the historic season from last year. You have a chance this Friday, December the twenty-first, at the Arsenal. Golden Knights owner Bill Foley will be having a book signing, holding a book signing there. Chronicles the best moments of that historic season from last year. Also contains a special augmented reality portion that really brings the book to life. So this Friday, December 21st, 1230 to 2, Bill Foley signing books at the Arsenal. What else you got on the mailbag? A couple more.
0: Sure. Yeah. Let's get to uh, Luke Gallion. Who asks, how will GMGM and the Golden Knights leverage the Golden Knights exemption from the Seattle expansion draft? Interesting one. That was the official news. Seattle coming into the league officially in a couple of years. But when they have that expansion draft, the Golden Knights will not have to lose anybody like the teams around the league did a couple of years ago when the Knights came in. So, Gary, George McPhee has been a wizard. How does he maneuver through this situation?
2: Yeah, well, it's unintended consequences, right? When you make a rule. Uh, and or you put together a set of rules. There's always a loophole. Sure. And you know, I think it's pretty simple. Vegas will be the one team that isn't losing a player, and will be in position to. Uh, I don't know how. Uh, it, like I'm. They're, they're cooking up a strategy right now, and so are the other GMs. The other GMs are looking at Vegas and saying, "How do I take advantage of that?" And George is looking at it and saying. How do I take advantage of that? And so was Kelly McCrimmon and Von Karpin and Misha Donskoff, All of these guys who are involved in the last go round, they'll have figured out we can do this, we can do that, we can. Uh, so I don't know. It remains to be seen. And I have a few theories. They're just theories, so I'll keep those to myself. But check back in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, no, it'll, it'll do, it will it'll. Start to do, yeah. other GMs will start to say, well, you know, if if I can't figure out something with Seattle, I'll figure out something with Vegas. Or you'll start to hear that coming out as we go forward. And um, yeah, the un- yet to be named GM in Seattle uh, will, when he gets the job, will then have to look at Vegas and figure out how does this factor in to what I'm going to do. McPhee had the unique. Advantage. Doug McLean and Doug Ryesbro, when they came in, they had to compete against one another. Right. George didn't have to compete against anybody. Right. And he and he hired really smart people. Kelly McCrimmon, amongst number one amongst them, to help him figure out how to do it. And they did. If Seattle does as well as Vegas did, then. They're going to have a hell of a a team up there in the Northwest. I'd be studying
1: everything that the Golden Knights – why wouldn't you? Everything they did. Everything. You know, and the other part of it is, Dan, the Golden Knights don't get their their chunk of the expansion money. But, you know, that's part of it, right? They're trying to build a deep reservoir of talent. Um, You know, the the team's only existed, you know, actually been playing games, not even a year and a half. Um, But, yeah, I would be – I'll be real curious because they were masterful. And how they, how they kind of, you know, Gary's term, loopholes in some of the rules. Yeah. To get Marcia Soann Smith, to get Tuck and Howler from Minnesota, and it goes, you know, to right. take on Clayton Stoner's contract from Anaheim and get Shay Theodore. It, right. They were masterful in some of the things. My thought
0: did. for Ferguson and so on and so on. Yes. You go down the list, yes. right? And
1: and there's a good book there, Gary. You know, you get some free time. You can maybe work on that. <laughs> maybe just uh, let's
2: just let's just check for a minute what I do.
1: <laughs> no, I'm saying down the road. I'm
2: on your TV show. Uh, yeah, I'm on your yeah. radio show. Yeah, maybe in the I'm off-season. on Tyler Pico's video.
1: Uh, maybe in the off season video
0: show. Oh, and then That's I get to, 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 to write it. every once in a yeah. while too. And I hear you do a
1: podcast too. Uh, yes, there's a podcast occasionally. <laughs> too. Let's
0: let's wrap it up here. All right, Right, last one. Uh, and my question to you guys is what's the best Christmas gift you ever got?
1: <laughs> as a kid or is it a let's go as a kid. As an adult, it's always a, it's uh, ties, pocket squares, yeah, yeah, jeans. Booze. Booze. <laughs> you can never go wrong with booze, those no. of you thinking of sending gifts no. to us.
0: <laughs> well, and except most be? free
1: stuff. That's right. If it's free, give me two.
2: Mm. Well, my favorite gift as a child was a, a gift from my it was from Santa, but it it, uh, it was for me and my brother. And Santa dropped it off early, and he didn't assemble it. And so my poor father, who... Listen, my dad was a farmer, and then he was an elevator mechanic. He can do anything. He can, you know, he can build he can build a table. It might be a little crooked, but it, it'll, you know, he, he wants... Talked me through installing a toilet. I took a phone, a cordless phone, and taped it to my head <laughs> so I got my hands free, and he talked me through the whole thing. Called me an idiot a couple of times. No, not now. You know, it was, but, but, anyways, (laughs) he he can fix it. He could do anything with his hands. Well, he bought a hockey net for us. Sorry, Santa brought a hockey net for us and left it for my dad to assemble because my dad was capable and Santa knows these things. Well, my dad also, back in the day, I was like, uh, you know, uh, 10 maybe at the, no, I wasn't even that old. So my dad was in his 40s he liked to have a rum and coke or nine on christmas eve uh, you know and by the time he got around to putting the mesh on the oh my god it was just a disaster and we woke up the next day and of course that's got it's got a bow on it and it's you know under the tree and my mother is shaking her head and my dad i think i think because he was struggling with it probably had kept pouring more rum and cokes yeah. so he's, he is He's hung over. He had to go have a nap after we (laughs) unwrapped the... Anyways, my brother and I took the thing off and threaded back on ourselves. But I'll always remember that. And he's told the story a number of times ever since. So that's my my most memorable Christmas gift.
1: I have two. One was, remember the old air hockey tables? Oh, yeah. Where they had that slight... um, little draft basically that we, mm-hmm. yeah, we had one those plastic pucks yeah. and the, the the holder things i don't know you'd guard the net with that those pucks I and mean, you get hit with what like oh, you oh, yeah. break a finger with hurt, those hurt a knuckle yeah not bubble hockey but the old era sure, so yeah. i remember getting that is i don't know 7 or 8 and then the other one and it's apropos to what i do now for a living do you remember mr microphone I got Mr. Microphone one year. Somebody knew way back then. Yes, huh? yes, and uh, We're, now we know who to blame. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mrs. Gosher. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Gosher. They they fueled the the, the flames, and uh, yeah. So I got Mr. Microphone, and would just and you guys know every once in a while I like to sing. I would sing songs into this stupid thing, and oh yeah, the whole nine yards. We'd have people come over. I'd do a little a little routine. They tolerated it. I don't think they enjoyed it. They tolerated it. But you know, you follow the path all these years later and I yap into a microphone for a living. So. Yeah, I, I, air hockey. And, that's it. and co- combined with Mr. Microphone were the two best gifts. Well, I don't know what it was called, but I remember as a little kid getting this
0: plastic fake guitar. Like, it didn't have strings on it, I don't think, but it was electronic and there was a microphone wired into it and you'd hit a button, it would play as, I was probably four, you know. And yeah, you'd scream like, and you'd slobber all over this plastic <laughs> microphone, singing along. I'm sure I, you did on top of spaghetti or whatever else uh, that the family wanted me to sing uh and then I, I also remember to your point david having some i don't know what it was called but there was like this tape player thing that had a microphone attached to it and i would do like these fake news reports <laughs> and i'd record them and uh, on you know an old cassette tape and and that was great but i will say the most uh, the best gift that i got I, I don't know if it was hot wheels make but one of these ride-along motorized car things for little kids. Dubas were rich. Oh,
1: no, we didn't have those things in the main streets. No, no, on the main like, streets, uh,
2: the, the left side of Peterborough, Ontario, didn't have yeah. stuff like, like that. I, 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 I think if I think
0: rich is a gross overstatement. <laughs> 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 but I drove this thing around the, my grandparents' basement, I'd crash into stuff, I'd look one way and the thing would drive the other way. I don't I was probably... Three or four years old, something like that. It was the '80s, you know, yeah. and, uh, and and it was great. And uh, you know, now I drive a 300Z in Jersey and a of Camaro course. here in Vegas. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> so I got awesome. into the cars at a young age too. Well, that's uh,
2: that's it's not be... uh, hurting the uh, Italian stereotype. No, there no, no, but, uh, no. Camaro and a T-top and the on the Jersey I shore. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could recommend a good restaurant, in Little Italy. Andiamo. There you go. So uh, so that's going to do it for the Sheriff Lawless. Some guy named day of podcast from Andiamo here at the uh, D, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know how you guys feel. This has been the po- best podcast we've done. <laughs> Figure out who's not here. Mm. This has been the best podcast. Oh, don't say that. Oh, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. We missed the Sheriff. He'll be here for the next one. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. I don't yes. think we're not going to do another one of these between now and, uh, I don't think so. and December the 25th. After so. the holidays. After the holidays. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We'll be back.
2: Many blessings to, yes. uh, to you all. Thanks for listening. That's uh, the greatest gift of all. Yep. Subscribe so, uh, on iTunes and... That's uh, the greatest yeah, It really is.
1: Keeps us working. You actually listen <laughs> okay. to our gibberish from Gary's Lips. That's right. So uh, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. And we'll talk to you next time on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast.